morning, brothers and sisters. Today we're considering Jesus Christ, the Son of God. What a better consideration than that. He's the most important person that you can consider. He's the most important, he's the most profitable thing that you can give your mind to. No other person, no other thing is as worthy of your attention and focus as Jesus is. And no one can impart to you such a rich spiritual blessing. You know, you're, you're united with Christ. And because of that, all spiritual blessings, I'm talking about all spiritual blessings in heavenly places, can pass to you. So I say, let them pass on over. Let's let them pass on over today. As we hear these things, pay attention and then let them sink down into your ears. Let the, let the truth enter into your heart. We'll explore the salient truth today that Jesus is the strong man. Or rather, the stronger man. Our text comes from the book of Mark. No man can enter into a strong man's house and spoil his goods, except he will first bind the strong man, and then he will spoil his house. And then, this is a straightforward and simple saying. It's, it's, it's an obvious thing that, that no one can just walk into a strong man's house and take his things. It's, it's pretty simple and straightforward. The strong man has more power to resist the taking of his goods than the person entering the house has to take them. He's a strong man. He's able to defend what he has. He's not just going to let somebody walk into his house and take what he has. Not without a fight. He's going to fight to keep them with the strength that he has, with the strength that he's given. But if somebody is stronger than him and ties him up first, see, then, then he's powerless to defend what he has. However, Jesus is not giving a lesson on burglary here. He wasn't encouraging theft. He wasn't just talking about entering a man's house and taking his stuff. There was a greater reality to what Jesus was pointing to here. There was a greater work that Jesus was involved in as he was casting out demons. And they said, he, by the power of Beelzebub, casts out demons. And he says, well, if, if Satan is divided against Satan, his kingdom can't stand. And he speaks that in this context. See, Satan had a kingdom. In the beginning, in the garden, when the serpent beguiled Eve, and Adam transgressed, sin entered into the world, and mankind became alienated from God as a result. And Satan's position changed that day in regards to mankind. He was now known as the accuser. He was the accuser of the brethren. He would begin to accuse men day and night before God. Man had sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And they continued to do so because of their corrupted image. And during the next 1,600 years after man fell, the entire world would be plunged headlong into sin 
until the imagination of the heart of man was only evil continually. Talking about Satan's kingdom. At this time, Satan appeared to have the upper hand over God. After all, he tricked God's creation into disobeying him. And practically the whole world of mankind created in the image of God forgot God entirely. There was a strong man, and he had possession of a house. Yet even at this time there remained a hope of a stronger one to come. That God would not allow this to happen without a word. He declared since the beginning concerning the seed of the woman. He said, it shall bruise thy head and thou shalt bruise his heel. See, it shall bruise your head. You shall bruise his heel. See, there was a declaration of who really was the strongest one from the very beginning. Before Satan duped the entire world, before the almost the entire world saved eight people, imagination of their heart was only evil continually. God had spoken this word. So God destroyed all but eight people off of the face of the earth. You think that this experience would cause those eight remaining persons to be sober and mindful of offending God. After all, there was now a knowledge of what God really thought about sin. But it wasn't long after the flood and the destruction of the old world that Satan found another man to work through. And it wasn't long before sinful man began inhabiting the earth again. And you see, mankind was bound by their sin. We were all by nature the children of wrath. A reset of the whole human race, speaking as a man, and the knowledge of how God reacts to our sin wasn't enough to change us. We all, having inherited this fallen nature from Adam, defaulted to sin. Mankind born in sin defaulted to sin. The law of sin and death written in our members and causing mankind a propensity towards sin as soon as there is an opportunity to do so. And see, that, it begins with every man at their birth. And anyone who disagrees with that obviously hasn't spent a lot of time around little children. Because if they did, they were, they were probably ignorant to the fact that no one has to instruct a child to misbehave. It comes naturally to them. And those who consider the, the virtues that certain men display would also do well to consider the, the chastening and the instruction that those people received from early on in order to display such virtues. There are certainly a lot of talk about our choice these days. Men say things like, we can choose to serve God or not. But in reality, before a person knows God and are alienated from God, they are really in, incapable of choosing anything but evil. Right. How can a person choose something that they know nothing about? How can a person hear unless a preacher is sent to them? How can you truly resist what you love and desire? And how can you resist if you don't want to resist? We're talking about Satan, the strong man at this time. At this time, see, Satan was a strong man and he had a kingdom. And I say these things to show that if man was born in sin, with the inclination to sin, 
and the preference for sin and only knowing sin and alienated from God and accused before God and ruled by the prince of the power of the air and having the spirit that works in the children of disobedience, then the devil had strength and we were in bondage. We were in bondage to sin. There was a strong man in the house. Wherever sin dominates, the devil has an advantage and he knows it. Sin separates us from God. Without God on our side, we're totally powerless. We're in bondage because of the nature of sin that we inherited from Adam. So for 4,000 years, Satan had a total death grip on humanity. He even managed to corrupt the very nation that God sanctified and set apart to himself. God gave Israel a holy and a righteous law, and it only gave the devil more strength to accuse them before God, day and night before the presence of the Lord. The things that God had given to Israel for a blessing turned out to be a curse to them. Their religious leaders corrupted the word of God by their tradition. The devil had a stronghold on the human race. And he, like the Pharaoh of Egypt, would not let the people go. But just as God sent Moses, a servant, down to Egypt, he would send his son down to us. No man can enter into a strong man's house and spoil his goods, except he will first bind the strong man, and then he will spoil his house. And Jesus here is speaking of a reality. There was a strong man, and he had possession of the house. And in that house, he had goods, things that he had accumulated and taken ownership of. And when Jesus came into the world, Satan's empire was at its pinnacle. And he was not about to let it go. He was strong. And Jesus came into his house in weakness. But the strength of God is greater The weakness of God is greater than the strength of men. So Satan's initial plan that he came in such a mild and weak was to stop him from coming. I'll kill him as an infant. The wise men didn't report back to Herod, mocking him. I'll teach him a lesson. I'll just kill every infant from two years and under. That's that's the nature of Satan. He has no regard for humanity. He doesn't care what kind of collateral damage he causes. And the earth helped the woman. And he was not successful. But he was not about to give up. He was a strong man. He was not about to give up and have his goods plundered. He was eventually able to work through the religious leaders and the rulers to crucify the one whom he had sent. And in so doing, he sealed his own fate. For hidden in plain sight, all along God had declared this deliverance from his people. When God judged Pharaoh and his army in Egypt and drowned them in the midst of the sea, working through one man, Moses, God declared the deliverance of his people. He declared the deliverance of his people when Samson sacrificed himself in weakness and the temple fell 
And then he killed more people in his death than he did in his life. See, God testified of this all along. God declared the deliverance of his, from his, of his people from the strong man when David, the shepherd boy, stood and faced Goliath of Gath, a giant, a champion that men were afraid to face. Even seasoned, battle-hardened men were afraid of Goliath of Gath because he was a strong man. But God, through weakness, brought him down. Declaring this deliverance all along. And all along God has declared his deliverance through weakness. Using the weak things and beggarly things to to confound the wisdom of the wise. See this is God's. Like when when, uh, Joshua marched around Jericho and the walls fell down. Or when one man Elijah faced all the prophets of Baal and fire came down from heaven. All along, God has declared the freedom that he would bring his people. It was taught in the Jubilee. It was taught in the law. It was taught in the deliverance of Israel. Multiple times, multiple times, he raised up judges that would deliver his people. And when Jesus came here, he healed the sick and he healed the lame and he healed the blind and he healed the deaf and he raised the dead and he went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil. And he testified of everything that God said concerning this. And they said, you cast out devils by Beelzebub. And he spoke of deliverance and the prophets. He said, and, a, and a, I will bring rivers, rivers of water in a dry place and a highway of holiness for the wayfaring men. The unclean shall not pass over it. He's declared it all along. God has declared his mercy and his deliverance and his purpose when God provided a ram caught in the thicket or bread from heaven. Or water from a rock. Or cities that they did not build. And vineyards that they did not plant. And this great salvation is from the Lord. It's God's great salvation. And when Jesus offered himself up. A sacrifice for us all. He rendered the devil powerless. He destroyed the devil. And like the strong man who took that sin-laden scapegoat into the wilderness, this stronger man, the righteous one, laden with the sin of humanity, took our sins away from the presence of the Lord as far as the east is from the west. He's a stronger man. He made us accepted in the beloved. He made you accepted. In the beloved. And suddenly Satan becomes powerless. The the accuser of the brethren was cast down. No longer could he accuse us day and night before God. Our sins have been forgiven. We've been made new. The person that he was able to appeal to and reason with is dead and buried with Christ. And you've been risen to walk in newness of life. 
he can't just do whatever he wants to do in you anymore. And so we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. And if we walk in the spirit, we will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. And there's a way of escape for every temptation. See, the devil's defeat. He's powerless. He's powerless to those who live by faith in the son of God. We can deny ungodliness and worldly lust. We can resist the devil. Resist the devil and he'll flee from you. Why? Because he's been defeated. The strong man's been tied up and his house has been spoiled. He spoiled principalities and powers and he made a, he made a show of it openly. Everybody knew what he was doing. Everybody knew what they were all about. And everybody knew what God was all about. He brought it to light and he's bringing it to light. The strong man was bound and Jesus spoiled his house. He led captivity captive. The one who had led us captive, the one who had us in captivity, now he's in captivity. Now he's bound. Now he's tied up. Praise God. No man can enter into a strong man's house and spoil his goods except he first bind him. Jesus has done that. He's bound the strong man. He's spoiled his house and he's given us all things that pertain to life and godliness. God made man to rule the earth in his own image, strength and worth. But an enemy's lies moved man to sin and the devil took up the dominion. But God tells his end by what he said. You'll bruise his heel, but he'll crush your head. But the devil, he went straight to work and set to build his rule on earth. And it wasn't long and sin had spread and all the world towards God was dead. And as sin passed down to every seed, it tested man's depravity and need. But all along, God's work would declare the deliverance that he had afore prepared. And he sent his son when the time was full. And Satan still thought that he was in control. And he was before the woman that hour, waiting there for her seed to devour. But the earth helped the woman. There was nothing to do but to seek to destroy him and work through the Jews. And he was delivered up into his hand. And he beat him and bruised him so he could barely stand. And though it had looked as though Satan had won, God's great salvation had just only begun. For that day that he died by Satan's own ploy, Satan found himself bound up and spoiled, destroyed. No longer man can he ever accuse. No longer man can he always abuse. No longer can he perform all that he will. No longer a stronger man lives in us still. And he spoiled things that are rightfully ours. And he opened the prisons and broke iron bars. We still see not all things put under our feet, but we see Jesus and he's taken the lead. He's won the victory. It's full and abrupt. Christ won the battle. So keep looking up. Thank you, brother.